I was like 19 or so. I fell for one of those like Microsoft scams. Like if somebody's claiming to be support, saying that they'll they'll help you clean your 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 computer, and yeah, it's just malware. This is Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp, where I help tech professionals in their 20s and 30s balance a great life today without sacrificing their future possibilities. I'm your host, Lucas Caceres, certified financial planner and founder of Level Up Financial Planning, where I help educate, coach, and build strategies with my clients to help them take their financial confidence to the next level. Disclaimer alert. This information's for education, so don't just go use it. First consult with your financial advisor, because that's way more legit. That's it. That was Orlando Gomez, and you can catch him in Season 3, Episode 4, on how he broke into tech by writing a jingle. Hello, thank you for joining Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. I'm excited. I have a good friend, Danny, on today. He went from working in construction to learning electrical on the job. He convinced himself that he should pursue tech as a career, despite not having a formal background. And I'm excited that for you to kind of hear his path and the unique transition that he took. He's now worked in information security, also known as cybersecurity, for six years now. And he enjoys helping those that want to learn about the field in any way that he can. He has a, a couple of resources that I will drop in his episode that you can easily navigate to. And as well as he's going to drop a few gems about cybersecurity, navigating your career as an early non-traditional career person. And so hopefully that will help you if you're in a similar situation or need a couple ideas if you're in a rut right now to just kind of push through to get to that next level and break into tech. Hey, Danny, thanks for coming on the show. Thank you, Lucas. I hinted a little bit at your journey during the introduction, but tell me what initially led you to kind of jumping into construction because that's definitely different than what you're doing now. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty, pretty different. So what ended up happening there is I had family that that was in that line of work. So uncles and and my dad doing that line of work. So some summers I would go with them and and just then do some some summer job there. And then eventually I did that for a little bit longer, do for a few years after after school and and doing community college at the same time. So I was just doing that line of work, working my way through school and and learning about the about the trade as well. So it kind of just fell into it that way. Yep, yep. And super common. I know I used to tag along with my dad when he'd do like different landscaping jobs and he'd snow plow. And yeah, it's cool because you those things are active. It's fun like when you're younger to be able to be like, oh yeah, like I'm doing this this hard, super hard manly work and, and get <laughs> for it too, right? You're not used to getting paid and then you get to earn that extra money. So that's an awesome experience. So what where along that process did it kind of dawn on you that you could do something else that, that you actually could take a, a different path? Was it because of some of the classes you were taking or or what kind of led you down finding cybersecurity as, a, as an alternative career path there? Yeah. Yeah. So I did take a couple of computer classes, but I think that that piqued my interest. But I think one of the bigger things was just getting my own laptop for school. I actually didn't have a computer laptop during like high school or middle school. It wasn't mm-hmm. until after that. And then just learning more about like how to configure different things and basically being responsible for your own, your own like 
security configuration <laughs> and all of that, right? I just started learning a little bit about that. And then one big thing I would say that happened is I was, I think I was like 19 or so. I fell for one of those like Microsoft scams. Like if oh, somebody's oh. claiming to be support saying that they'll, they'll help you clean your, your, your computer. And yeah, it's just malware or so I, I fell for one of those. And then after I realized that I, I was like, I need to figure out how to get rid of this and, and basically wipe my, my laptop and, and learn how that worked. So yeah. after that, I, I told myself I would, first, I would never let that happen to me again. And then how to yeah. figure out why this happens. Yeah. And that's crazy. I think we, we've all had some type of similar experiences like that, right? Where like you're, you're talking to someone and you realize like, what's going on here? Like, yeah, this doesn't seem right all of a sudden. And then he, uh, yeah, you freak out like, well, what, what does that mean? All that kind of chaos that doesn't feel good, right? You felt violated oh. and, and that's crazy that, yeah, that made such a big impact on you that you like really dove into and actually turned that into a career. So probably like one of your worst kind of experiences almost at that point to something that's you're a few years into your career now and kind of excelling. So what, what was the next step? So what, what do you rank you at? And you're like, well, this stuff is, were you just like super interested by that once you just kind of yeah. the wormhole? Yeah, exactly. So it was just something that really piqued my interest. And then the more I started learning about it, the more I recognized like some of those other threats or scams, like the PayPal one is a big, is a common one mm-hmm. where you'll, it, it's basically a fake landing page and they, they want you to enter your, your, your login information. So started recognizing those things. And then I started playing around with what's called virtual machines. So it's like just something that you download onto your laptop and then you could play around with that system versus testing on your actual computer or laptop. So it's, it just separates it more and it's, it's better for testing that way. So I just started learning that way through like YouTube tutorials and other things like that. And then eventually it is when I, when I found a program that I did called Europe that just does some, some training as well as an internship. So once I had some of that curiosity, very peaked is when I, when I did that, that program. And I was just able to learn even more. That's crazy. So year year up was what it was called. Yeah. Yeah. That's and so you said you were doing community college before that. What how far did you kind of make it in that the college part before you like decided yeah. like, you know what? Cybersecurity and then there's this cool uh, on ramp called Year Up in yeah. addition to all the other stuff that you were probably diving into. Yeah. So I did I did do my AA in community college. It took me about three or so years since I was working at through it at the same time. But I was doing like business. And once I finished is when I realized that you can only apply that if you're, if you're like either starting a business or, or doing some other high level roles in, in business. Yeah. And I was still f- trying to figure out what that next move was going to be. And that's when I just kept diving more into technical things and discovered that cybersecurity could be an actual career path and and not necessarily require like a four-year degree or, or or something like that. Yeah. And so what was that decision part? Because yeah, you could have just kept on with the school, right? And been like, yeah, I don't think it probably would have taken a four years because some of that stuff would have transitioned. Like they still record you take English and 
and math and yeah. like that for business, which I'm sure would have carried over. But like, what was there something was year up? Sounds like it's a year long, right? So that it yeah. sounds, answer is that kind of what was the enticing part? Like, yeah, let's get the same kick started. Yeah, I I think that was definitely a big factor for me that it was it was a, a year long and going the the route of like a four year school was going to put me in, into some debt. And I just, I didn't really want to do that. And yeah. then also the more research I did, I was, I was thinking like, even if I learned the the technical skills, I still need afterwards, I still need to get a job. And at that time I didn't know many people in the field mm-hmm. and something that the, the, this program will do is connect you with people already in the field through either informational interviews or just other relationship building. And that piece is something that really attracted me because I was thinking once I learn these these skills, I still need to know some people to potentially get my foot in the door. So that's something that really stood out to me as well. Yeah. And super important, right? <laughs> you can be the most knowledgeable person in the world, but if you don't have some of those connections that kind of help get those things going. And how how many people did you know in the field, like when you were younger, like in high school and, and things like that? Because I know that representation is a huge issue with any... Yeah kind of a high earning type career and salary. Like I didn't know, I've never heard of financial planning until I started working in a bank and I was just like, oh, yeah. what person in that office do? But yeah, like there was, there was no people that looked like me when I was doing financial planning. I, I knew one engineer actually, he was uh, one of my football coaches when I was younger. So that's like the only person I knew that did any type of engineering. Did you know people that were kind of in these types of careers when you were younger? I only knew like I only had one friend that was that was in the field and then like throughout time is when I realized another another family friend was also in, in tech but it wasn't yeah it wasn't like like I knew a whole lot of a lot of people in the field and like you said a lot of times representation is is a big issue and and only after after time is when you'll see more more people in in the field yeah and so do the year up was a pretty easy just because of a lot of those connections and then connections that you wouldn't have had otherwise it was it pretty easy for you to kind of get launched as soon as Europe was wrapped up thankfully it yeah it worked out so like what what happened was the the internship was six months long which is something I, I I really liked because you get to ask your questions you get to learn from everything you're doing and yep. talk to people in other teams as well not just the the direct team that that I was working on. And then uh, towards the end of my internship is when my manager said that they wanted to convert me. And then thankfully it worked out and I ended up being hired on at the the end of that internship. Perfect. And that's what internships are, are should really be like, right? Like, hey, you you contribute a little bit. You're more valuable to the employer now. They they know a lot more about you and they're willing to to take those risks on you. And, and I know it doesn't always work out like that for yeah. interns, but I think that's what most people's hopes are, both from the employer and the employee side. That's awesome, man. Yeah. Um, so right now, I, I, knock on wood, I know from everything I, I know from our conversations, you're safe with your position and role right now, but there's a lot of transitionary stuff going on in tech in general, if we're going to just yeah. use your umbrella of tech. Do you feel like that's the same for for your field? your niche of being in cybersecurity is it is it 
just as scary as some of my software engineer client people that have been getting laid off, headcount reductions, things like that. Yeah, I would say it is a it's a tough kind of environment right now. Thankfully, from what I've seen at my company and other companies, cybersecurity, security engineering roles have been less impacted. There there has been some that I've heard from, but thankfully it hasn't been as as widespread. So so yeah, that, that's what I'm seeing seeing right now. But it, yeah, it is a a little bit of a tough environment. Yeah, and it, that's kind of what my guess would be too, because you guys are play important vital roles, right? Lots of stuff can happen. You see about stuff in the news all the time, right? Data breaches, yeah. even from companies that are supposed to be good, like LastPass and and all all these different companies. So I'm sure your job's not the easiest. There's always new things coming out, new. The trickiest thing for you, since it's it's not just your personal stuff that you're worried about. It's one single weak link, right? Employee that that drops the ball that just kind of makes a huge vulnerability for the company. So, yeah, I'm sure the demand for cybersecurity experts and I think retaining them too, right? You don't want someone that knows where everything is and how to to fix everything to walk out the door. So, good to hear that. Yeah, knock on wood that things seem pretty solid in your industry i think it would be is is the outlook for growth still pretty high for cybersecurity professionals as well do you think oh yeah yeah i think like it's only going to continue to to grow like the more companies become like internet dependent and and more connected i think it's going to, to continue and then it, it always evolves as well so like there it's like the the learning continuous learning is always going to be there. So yeah, I think the the growth definitely is there. Yeah, perfect. And yeah, I think I think most people, most people with ambition, are like, I like to continuously grow. We probably know a few people and I like that. They hope that everything stays the same. They never have to learn anything new. But I think most most of the people I know that are kind of aggressively getting after your life, like enjoy those slight changes and and kind of those opportunities for growth there. So you've come from a, a non-traditional background to break into a cybersecurity. What tips would you give to, to someone that's like thinking, whether it's cybersecurity or just trying to make a huge career shift yeah. or transition that you going from construction to cybersecurity is definitely a big change. What what tips do you have? Yeah, some things to for people to do, I would say, is find some kind of roadmap that outlines the career paths they're interested. So let's say they're interested in like, and they have like three or four main interests, mm-hmm. find a roadmap for those to see what it would look like for the, the path, the skills necessary and what closely aligns with what they like. And then after that, I would say, talk to people in those respective fields so that they know what their day-to-day can look like. And also like, what what did they learn to get in, in those roles, right? And then if they could see themselves doing that kind of work because i I think anything in in tech it's they're great careers but it's also a lot of work to -hmm. get there and so i think once people know what some of that is involved then they could see oh yeah this is definitely something i could see myself doing those are awesome tips as far as creating a roadmap that's kind of how i think about financial stuff right let's create a financial roadmap (laughs) let's figure this stuff out but talking to people is super valuable because like you want to know if, if that's yeah. not for you because 
you you were able to take this quick ramp year up with that internship and all that, but that's not easy, right? <laughs> I'm sure yeah. most, most people going from like college think, oh, it'll just be like college. It'll be easy, not not a big deal. I'm sure things get ramped up and and you're up trying to squeeze squeeze you between what you don't know, which is a lot of a lot of things to figuring out enough to contribute to a company. Yeah. And yeah, you get them putting in a lot of hard work for sure. <laughs> and to ultimately end up disliking a, a position that that would stink. And so yeah, definitely yeah. putting the time to talk to people. You're six years into your career now. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Just it's six years. So someone that's early career, what what would you kind of give them? If they're like in their first year or two, like holy smokes, like uh, I'm yeah. but but it feels rough. What, what, what tips would you give someone probably a year or two into it? Yeah, I would say, let's see, first, like that that feeling of like of trying to catch up and, and like, like imposter syndrome, is, it's super normal. I think that's something to, to acknowledge. And then from there, I would say that uh, that like learning, that curiosity and continuous learning that got you there, that's what's going to, to keep you advancing, keep you keep you going. So whether it's, you know, whether it could be once or twice a week, just some additional learning that, that, that you're doing and then asking good questions on the job, because ultimately a unique thing about this field is that a lot of what you learn is on the job and you're kind of learning as you're going. So yeah. that's, uh, that's going to be key on like seeing what, what, what's working and then asking questions for, for where to go from there. Yeah. Figuring it out. <laughs> like, you don't have all the the educational knowledge, but yeah, the actual application of it is always to be critical. Perfect, and and people could stay stagnant, right, in their careers, and, yeah. and some people are happy with that. But I think a lot of times you'll see those people that have always had the same title, always doing the same thing. They they don't take those additional opportunities to learn. Well, what's next? What's the thing that? will keep me curious and excited a little bit about like, because a lot of stuff will just be repetitive that you do on the day-to-day. So if you're not getting that through your work automatically, you can search that out. So that's an awesome tip, Danny. Well, we already talked a little bit about cybersecurity and and scammers and things like that. And, and it's everywhere. Like it was probably two weeks ago, my wife thought Amazon had called her about some expense thing and like, I heard from downstairs here, like talking about stuff. She's like, no, I don't want to give you my bank account or whatever. And I ran upstairs like, what's going on? And as I know that that's not Amazon. Yeah. But I'm like, what did you say? What, what's going on? What passwords are we need to reset and stuff like that? So again, huge, huge importance, what you do. And, and it's not just from as an employee, right? You have to still be vigilant on your personal side point. Yeah. And, and that's, a lot, our computers, our phones have all of our critical stuff most of the time now. Yeah. What what tips would you yeah. provide people to kind of protect themselves personally? And and probably even like a lot of us are working from home and, and things yeah. like that. Too. So maybe first, let's start with the personal standpoint, but then, yeah, there might be some additional tips that would be slightly different from being an employee and, and having your work computer at home. Yeah. So, so yeah, like you said, a lot of what we have, like our, our data is on these are our laptops or phones. So I would say definitely having, having some digital hygiene. So it could be like 
strong passwords, 2FA, and then two-factor authentication. And then nowadays, it's kind of a newer thing, but like both Google and Apple have something called passkeys to where you'll register it once. It could be like your face or your your thumbprint or something else. Mm-hmm. And then that will be your, your login for, let's say, your Gmail account or other account. And then it kind of makes you that you don't have to remember a, a password anymore. Yeah. So, so somebody with your password won't be able to, to, to log in at that point. And then it's a second, second factor as well. So things like that, I think, can make a really big difference. And yeah. so I love those, those things because exactly, I don't need to remember the password. I, I just scans my face. Not, not everything has a, and so that those things, uh, the face, the face scan or finger print, those are, are pretty safe. They're like the, there's no way for someone to kind of replicate those things then. Well, there's, there has been things that, that have come up in like researchers that have replicated either like an iris scan from, from like a, a picture, like, and then it's like a 3d picture and they, oh, dang. they can replicate it. So it has happened before. From what I've read, it's been like security researchers that are, that have done it. And I would say like, it's still, it's still going to be at this, at this moment, it's, it's still going to be safer than like a password. And then at the moment, like the, the strongest form of like two factor authentication would be like a physical security key. So either like a YubiKey key or something like that, where you plug it into your laptop or your phone. And then that's, that serves as your, like your second factor. The key is like registered to that website. So let's say it's gmail.com and then it's registered to that real gmail.com and only that. So it's kind of a fish proof, fishing proof way of, of logging in. So I would say like that above everything, but at the moment, face ID, touch ID, it will still be safe compared to like a password. Yeah. Better than just the password. And yeah, perfect. Yep. And when I think about that stuff, it makes me think of like the movies, right? Where you're like someone yeah. cuts an eye or cuts out the finger, <laughs> like puts it up. So it sounds like for the most part, people would have to have pretty deep pod kits and resources to be yeah. able to locate the, the iris and, and all that. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Anything, would you, would there be anything different as an employee working from home uh, as far as kind of protecting work stuff? I would say the, the delineation of like your, personal data and work data. So what happens a lot with, with, with like the remote workforce can be once the accounts are commingled, let's say they're somebody from their work laptop, but then they want to log into their personal email or some other personal account. And their other, their personal laptop might be in the same room, but, but they, for convenience purpose, they just stay on their work laptop. So, so things like that or vice versa, trying to log in from a personal laptop onto their work, work accounts. So I would say things like that, when it comes to somebody, someone's data is important to, to be mindful about. And then, yeah, when it comes to home networks, you know, just having your router properly configured, no, not to keep the default password. Like when somebody buys a router, yep. they'll have a, a default password, but it, it, it tells you to change it. So something simple things like that will go a long way when it comes to when it comes to home networks and then on the work side usually employers will have like a vpn or something else that yeah. that will that will protect that side perfect yeah and that's the last thing you want to do is like hey 
I said I logged into work stuff on my personal computer and this happened and you get stuff reset. And then like all of a sudden your work has to know that, that you messed up on your first side of things. So yeah, yeah. just keep things separate when it would be one way to at least avoid some of that. Yeah, uh, that will definitely help. And then companies are are going in the direction of like making that, make, putting security controls to where that can't happen. But it has, but it has happened before where, where they get, they get commingled. Yep. Yeah. And that's, I haven't had an employee, I had an intern a year ago, but my biggest fear with hiring someone, I'm totally virtual, hundred percent work yeah. from home and like I deal with people's social security numbers, bank account, financial stuff. And I'm like, I, I don't really trust, trust other people to take care of stuff or be as like freaked out and paranoid about system hacks and 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 yeah so eventually when i start hiring people i'm gonna have to either hire you as a consultant or or see who you'd recommend where i can make sure that their that other computer gets locked down as best as i can so allow them to work but yeah don't don't let them do personal stuff i want to limit the risk as much as possible (laughs) yeah definitely especially with with that kind of information yeah all right so i appreciate you coming on danny i know one of the things that's important to you is yeah, just encouraging people and and helping people kind of figure out how to break in to cybersecurity or tech, whatever whatever it is. You have some resources that you shared with me that I'm going to put in the show notes that we can share. But yeah, any, anything else you want to say before we sign off today? Just for everybody that's interested in the in cybersecurity path and even tech in general, like the, I would definitely recommend to keep keep going and. Yeah, they they can can reach out as well for for any additional help. Yeah, perfect. And so the keep going aspects, I think it's important. And this might not have been the case for you, but was there a point in in this process where you're like, oh man, this this does not seem like it's worth it, or I'm not going to make it? Did you ever kind of have that imposter syndrome where you're like, yeah, maybe this isn't for me? Did that happen to you kind of along the course of your journey? Oh yeah, that that happened uh, to when like one of the the projects that I was working on during during the the schooling and then during internship as well. There's there's a moment where, like you said, internally you just don't think that that you that you can do it and or that the task is too is too large. So that's that definitely that definitely happened, and having to like like sit down and and think it through to know like how far you've made it and that, that you just have to keep going. Yep. Yep. Exactly. And so that, that's what primed that thought is when you said keep going, I was like, man, that's like Danny's coming from somewhere that <laughs> you had to tell himself that at some point. So yeah, I really appreciate you sharing that. Cause I think a lot of people don't share those things, right? Like I almost quit, I almost tapped out. Yeah. And, and what we don't realize is, and I've been open about this with my business too. It was like, I almost, tapped out with my business, just went and joined another person, made it would have been so easy. And and I definitely thought about it long and hard, but I chose not to. And then all of a sudden, like everything just got really good, really easy compared to, to what it bo- was before. And so I feel like for a lot of us, these moments of like about to tap out, about to give up is like right before we hit like an, another breakthrough. And it's like, oh, dang, this, this is nice. I'm yeah. glad I didn't give up. You're six years into it, right? So you've had a lot of moments where it's like, you're you're pretty happy with with sticking with it and not giving up. 
Yeah, yeah, definitely. And thinking back in those moments, like for sure, it's it's crazy to think like the the feelings at that time, and then like just what you were able to get through. Yep, and you mentioned kind of reaching out to people. Another benefit of that is like, hey, you you can lean on them. They can t- kind of talk you off the ledge, talk you through these. <laughs> you say you don't always have to just be like the only only person in your head. Right. So reach out, reach out to Danny. Start to build your community, especially if you're early in your career. Because even if things are going good for you right now, the things change constantly. The economy is always changing. Businesses are always changing. Strong companies are always doing funky things and, and doing things that maybe don't reflect like, hey, this why is this strong company laying off people? And you want people like Danny and, and other people on your side to be like, hey, I, I know who you are. I know what your work ethic is. And and yeah, let's let's help you find that next opportunity uh, because we know that you'll be awesome wherever you go. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, thanks for coming out today, Danny. Thank you. Thank you, Lucas. Perfect. Thank you so much for listening to Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp. You can find show notes by visiting levelupfinancialplanning.com and finding the podcast page. You'll also be able to find strategy guides, videos, and cheat sheets to help you take your financial confidence to the next level. If you feel this episode has added a ton of value for you, please rate and share this with friends and colleagues. Catch you next time on Techie Personal Finance Bootcamp.